What up, what up, creatives? Episode 16 of the Creative Director Podcast. <clears throat> Gonna go through my post here. So, you say the money makes the man. I say the heart makes the man. And uh, in this episode, I'm me touching on a book that I read and a concept that was within that book, which is this concept of like of the I and the me, which is like us essentially. Um, and this is kind of somewhat of a hard concept to grasp. You know, I'm kind of, I'm still kind of like battling with it and trying to understand it deeply. Um, and as I go through life, I kind of understand it more and more what he was what he meant by the I and me in this book. And I'll tell you what that book is later. But um, yeah, so. <clears throat> I'm just going to go through a little bit of my writing here. Um, a cold heart is a cold man. A hateful heart is a hateful man. A loving heart is a loving man. A toxic heart makes a toxic man. Like how they say, it's all in the eyes, Chico. Right? Why? Because the eyes is the doorway to the heart. You get a real good idea of the love in someone based off their eyes, based off if their eyes sparkle a little bit when you come around, or they get low when you leave. Do they widen when you speak, or shrink as they listen? How can you tell the difference? Your heart will say and do things the mind would never. That's how you can tell the differences. Your heart just does and your mind tries to filter that as best as it can. Things like asking questions to stimulate the mind. Like hugging and telling someone I love you. Giving them physical and verbal embrace. By doing and saying I want to spend my life with you. And the heart simply hugs the mind in loving agreement. Your mind, your body, and your spirit are in a constant dance for ownership of who leads. Sometimes it's the body that erupts with energy, and sometimes <laughs> I fucked that up. Is <laughs> that when you read shit? Sometimes it's the body that erupts with energy when someone that you enjoy being around becomes present. You get butterflies in your stomach, and your anxiety shoots up a bit in anticipation. Sometimes it's just a friend, and their smile makes your heart smile. Sometimes it tenses up in the heat of disappointment or fear. Sometimes it's the heart that leads. It moves with the sense of trying to warm even those sitting in the darkest corner of the room. It burns when it loses what it loves. It turns cold when there has been no place for it to burn passionately. It warms a room when it has learned that fire can hurt others. So instead it lights a candle. The heart is your spirit that will stay here forever while your mind is simply the tool that is used to help assist you. The the, The mind seems to think just because it runs the ship, the mind thinks just because they make the muscle moves, it makes the muscle moves. Just because it makes the tough decisions, like choosing to continue to love or not, or choosing between fear and being fearless, that it has all to say on what goes down. The mind controls the thoughts that run through your head. Yet the only thing just as powerful as the mind is the heart, and the body come, comes along to help. I mean, the heart will keep beating even if you take it from the body. The heart is your internal spirit that carries over even after you've passed the mind. Even after you've passed, the mind can't even fathom the thought that something like that could ever be possible. I guess that's what they say, the moving faith, right? Almost like how, you ever notice that when your spirit, your heart is passionate about something or cares deeply about something, it seems to almost take over the ship and everything you could ever think of is crippled, kind of like an Achilles heel. It's almost like the body goes, yeah, I'm going to go with the heart on this one and cripples the mind. That is how powerful your spirit is, how powerful your heart is. Yet we are constantly letting the mind make all the decisions because it keeps us safe, because it knows best, right? So the book that I read, I read it last year, I don't know if it's last year or two years ago, but it's called Awareness by Anthony DeMeo. He had a chapter where he talked about the difference between the I and me. And it messed me up because I'm, I'm like, 
it's only me, right? It's only one person. Just it's just me making all the moves, making all the decisions, me doing what I'm doing. Like there's just like there's nobody else running the ship, right? And essentially, this is essentially his analogy. His analogy. This is the best as I can explain. Is like I take it like the eye is your spirit that is always in the back seat of the car, never saying a word, and maybe. For some of you, you kick your spirit out of the car completely. And then you hear things like, that soulless bastard, or cold, or he calls someone cold and heartless. Those phrases have deeper connotations to them. Oh, but let's continue. There is the me, the physical form, making the moves, walking, shaking hands, writing, running, fucking, kissing, embracing, loving, touching, smelling, and, and more. Essentially, the mind and the body working in unison, right? But this I part of us is so powerful. And it is, and it's where I believe another phrase comes from, out of body experience. <clears throat> I know y'all heard that before. People will take drugs just to get that experience, and it's like maybe some people need to, right? <clears throat> but in all honesty, you are a drug, so powerful. In fact, we take other drugs just to numb us, right? Other drugs just to numb who we are, right? To numb our thoughts, to numb our feelings, to numb our emotions. Right to numb both the negative and the positive, or to get those feelings, to get those emotions, because we can't, for some reason, we can't find them in ourselves. Right, we take, we smoke or drink just to feel happy, just to laugh and joke and do things we don't normally do. <clears throat> when it's like you don't need any of those things because you are those things. You don't need something external. You don't need to put something externally, internally, to then pull something internally out. Or have an excuse to pull that thing out, put to pull out to pull that other you out, right? <clears throat> it's like we almost fear just simply being us, just simply being just absolutely who we are. And granted, like some, and it's because it, I mean, it comes down to judgment, right? Being judged for what we say, for what we say, what we think, how what we thought of, right? It's judged for a simple thought, you know. People will hold that against you. People will hold your thought process, your thinking process against you. And it's like, at what point do we, when do we get to a point where how I think or me just thinking something, thinking anything, right? Negative or positive, bad or good is completely bad, right? You could, you shouldn't think that way at all. Like people don't even people, like if you have any any thought of of like racism or anything if you just have a simple thought of it and or just a question you think of a question and questions people tend to get offended by the most right because they <clears throat> fester up certain things or they prompt you to ask certain prompt you to think about certain things and it's like people would judge you for the questions that you ask how could you ever ask that right they say shit like that or like how could you ever think that and it's just like, yo, I'm just asking a question. I'm just thinking. There's something on my mind. I'm expressing it in the, in the best way that I can. All right. Sometimes you sometimes you ain't, you don't exp- express things the best way, but that doesn't mean like you, I, you I become dismissive after that. Like you dismiss me or I'm irrelevant after that, right? Because <clears throat> you know, I, me personally, I would never do that to. You. I would never do that to someone's like to make them feel irrelevant, to make them feel as though their thoughts or their way they think their thinking process is irrelevant. Right, just because it's wrong, right? <clears throat> Who's to say my the way I think is is right, right? Doesn't mean I'm. If someone tells me that I'm wrong in the way that I think or the way that and what I speak and how I speak, you know, I'm gonna listen to that person, 
right? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll try to understand where it comes from. Try to understand that you know the place that it comes from. Try to understand why they felt they feel a certain way. You know, if it's genuine or not, right? Some people would just say things out of spite. Some people some people say things just cause. Like so, you gotta understand when someone is actually trying to tell you, yo, what you're saying is actually hurting a lot of people. You should be more careful about how you say things, right? And then they give me an actual explanation, an actual well thought out response, right? To, to that, to that, to that, right? Versus like someone that's saying, yo, what you're saying is corny, bro. Like, nobody's going to understand you. You don't know what you're talking about, right? And then I asked the person, oh, why do you say that? And they didn't know how to explain themselves. All right, you see, that person is just talking. This is a chatty patty. You know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> but yeah, let me, let me continue here. I'm all right. <clears throat> right. So, um, but in all honesty, you are the drug. So powerful, so powerful. In fact, we take other drugs to numb us. It's why you hear things like he's just so intoxicating because people do that to us. The energy is so pure, passionate, powerful, calming, commanding, compassionate, loving that it overwhelms us. And you just want to fall into them like a bed of flowers that sits under a tree on a warm, sunny day. I'm doing my best to try and explain this concept of the I and me, but I feel like that's what it is right there. So <clears throat> that's one way to put it. But I think the best way that it could be is the best way is to experience this for yourself. The next time you're in a conversation with someone and try to choose someone that you can actually have a conversation with that actually has the time to try and, <laughs> I don't want to say test this theory or whatever, but you know, someone that's going to, that's patient with you, right? That you can, that, uh, help you understand this. Or maybe if you don't need someone patient, then by all means, just do this. Right. So the next time you're in a conversation with someone or in a group or at work or anything, slow down, you know, slow the conversation down, slow everything down where you're thinking, how would you slow your response, slow your reaction, catch yourself as best as you can and think deeply, think deeply about the tone in your voice, the volume at which you speak, the frequent words you use in the conversation, your body language, are you touching and speaking? you tapping someone on the shoulder when you respond, when you're asking them a question? Are you pointing to something when you, when you want them to think about something? How do you breathe? Is it slow and steady? Is it fast and short? Is it deep breaths or short ones? All right, and I think slowly you'll, be, you'll, you'll begin to observe and examine all the nuances of whoever you're around, wherever you're at, and you'll begin to notice this out of, you know, quote unquote, out of body, out of body experience because you are paying closer attention to every detail down to how you breathe. The second piece is <clears throat> what you're familiar with, which is your reactions that you've been used to. But now that you are paying closer attention, your response, you are responding to these same situations closer. Pay attention to more, paying attention to more detail, noticing things like how your tone tends to shut people down. How you tend to use hurtful words frequently. Frequently, You start to pick up on how sometimes you react to the most uninteresting things or unnecessary things. Right? We, <clears throat> we're so used to just being who we are and being us. And we've been that way, especially as, as we get older. You've just gone through a lot of life. You tend to speak in a certain way. You tend to speak, you know, in with... The certain tone with the with a certain tone with a certain volume you use specific words is words you don't normally use and when someone hears you use it they be like it was what's going on with you you don't normally say things like that right you hear that you hear things like that from people right because they're so used to you in a specific way that <clears throat> it's weird if you go out of if you're out of character right it's like 
I guess from, like for me personally, my example of me would be, you know, I tend to be, I say I tend to have a calming, I guess calming, uh, more mellow tone to my voice. Like it's very low a lot of times. Like people will probably say that I'm soft spoken. I don't think I'm soft spoken. I think this is where I, I don't think I don't think soft spoken is negative, right? I just think I'm I have a low voice. Like like low like for me, like me yelling at a certain period, I'm gonna lose my voice. I lose my voice fast. Like if I'm yelling, if I'm turning up in a party singing a song, whatever, whatever. Like I lose my voice fast. It's crazy. That's just like something that I recently. <laughs> recently discovered how fast I lose my voice and I think it's just crazy it's like man yeah low key I'm I gotta just I just speak I speak low I speak I have a very low tone and people be like yo people be telling me to speak up I'm like listen you gonna have to meet me like for me <laughs> like for me I'm at this point where I'm so aware of like how I speak my tone and my and, and my volume and all that and I'm aware that I lose my voice if I yell right that I try to do things in a manner in which I put people. I put. I I like say things. I'm. I try to guess. I guess you can say I'm get. I try to get better with my words so that I can lower that people. I don't have to raise my voice. That I can just lower. <laughs> I can lower the tone in the room. You know what I mean? And I think that all depends on what room you're in and what you're trying to achieve. You know what you're trying to do, right? It's almost like manipulating thing, but like it's almost manipulating. But <clears throat> I guess you can say it is. But manipulating a room. To kind of meet your standard, to meet where I'm at, but yeah, and that's what. So now I try, I try to just, I try to. I'm okay with me. You feel me? I'm okay with it. Like yeah, I, you know what I mean. I got like a calm voice. I, I'm it's low. Like I don't really care if you if you want me to speak up or if you like someone that's yelling and yelling and screaming all the time. You know, go find that person. Like the only time you really catch me yelling and screaming is when it's something competitive. All right, typically. Something competitive, or <laughs> it was something that I—it's really is something that I truly enjoy, right? At, <clears throat> I'm at this point where I'm trying, where I'm figuring myself out more and more emotionally, right? In different places, and you know, I start to—you start—I'm starting to dissect myself in different situations, um, and how sometimes my calm, my, like my calm voice and tone. You know, it's <clears throat> it's like that in every situation, right? <laughs> like, even sometimes, yeah, even competitively, like, I got to really, 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 it's really tough for me to get that, like, energy out of me. Like, there's only certain people that bring that out of me, like, that bring a real competitive kind of nature to me, right? Well, in general, I'm competitive, but I mean, so the more so, like, the energy in which I'm now, I don't see I'm getting out of character, but I'm now raising my voice. I'm changing my tone. My even my body language, like my body language, is less reserved and less calm and chill. Like it's more tensed up, you know, in anticipation. It's more focused. Well, I don't even say focused, but more. <clears throat> it's more. It's there's more like oomph behind it. You know what I mean? So I'm just more. I'm trying. I'm being more aware of those things and how like sometimes. And this is kind of just. This is, a little bit off topic, but it touches on a different book that I read recently, which he kind of touched on this. It was uh, the qu- the quiet, the power, the power of introverts in the world that can't stop talking. It's by Susan Cain, but she talked about something similar to what I did, what I was just saying. It was just like it was, she spoke about an example in the book where there was a husband and a wife. The husband was a very was ex- was had a lot more extroverted qualities. She was a lot more introverted, 
right? <clears throat> and they were having problems, right, in their in their relationship. And she and essentially it was uh, an extrovert that needs, right? Typically, extrovert needs to know, needs to feel emotion, needs to know how you're feeling, needs to need you to raise your tone if you're angry, needs you to lower your voice if you're not, needs you, right? To extroverts, they tend to look for those external and outside <laughs> things to, so that they can understand things, right? They can get a grasp on things. Whereas introverts, we know we tend to be obviously more introverted and introspective in things. We tend to think more and be mindful of certain things, right? <laughs> right, and she's, I would say she was kind of like me in a situation, right? Not to compare myself to, well, to compare, well, not to, but yes, to compare myself to this woman in this in this analogy, which was how she tend to, not, I don't say shut down, tend to not want to argue, right? Not want to argue, not to want to respond, not wanted to react to her husband, right? <clears throat> and I found that interesting because it's like, I think we tend to, I, me personally, I tend to have the, I te- I'd had those qualities in my past relationships where arguments, I wouldn't care for them. Like, I didn't care for them at all. Right, I would just ignore them. I'm like, I'm gonna try to holler at you tomorrow when you when you uh when you more level headed type of thing. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and it's like a woman that wants that energy from me from me. Is it and me not giving it to her is especially someone that I love. Right, this is this is where the where where this analogy is going is in that mar- in that marriage you have an introverted person that loves this extroverted person and this extroverted person that loves this introverted person but they just can't they can't they're not clicking emotionally right because they view the world differently so her solution to that or their solution to that was maybe she needed to was they she started to share her the way she started to share her anger with him more more vocally more vocally and emotionally through body language and stuff like that because that's what he needed he needed to understand how she's feeling right he need that's the only way that's the only way that's the only way he could understand or grasp things and then but then he also right needed to understand how she grasps things that she needs him to be level-headed she needs him to lower his tone lower his voice and to have a conversation about what's going on right to have a deep conversation and to really think about what's going on right <clears throat> between them two and so they essentially worked on those qualities and they started to develop the qualities that the other that the other had and <laughs> and the other didn't right the extroverted dude the husband couldn't really, they didn't really care to think or really deep think deep thinking right and that's what she was there for right it's almost like they completed each other but now it got to a point where they were developing the qualities they were helping each other develop qualities that they don't have and i think that is powerful right he learned to be more introspective and more introverted and to think about the processes and, and to be more mindful of situations, to be more mindful of her feelings. And she learned to be, <clears throat> learned that sometimes, some, there's sometimes feelings that you have to just share. There's some, there's some emotion you got to just let out, right? There's some emotion like anger or sadness or anything like that or any emotion like if you love someone, let them know you love them, right? In a way, in a manner in which, is that comes in different forms, but like if you're typically an introverted person and you love an extroverted person, they love they they receive love in a different manner. So you gotta love them differently. You know what I mean? You got to love them in a manner in which they love to be in which they love to be loved, right? <clears throat> so that's kind of where I'm at in life. We're just kinda like giving more of myself emotionally that I that I typically 
tucked away. You know what I mean? Like I and I think a lot of us tend to do that. I'm speaking in, in this manner because like, well, one, this is my podcast and this is my own shit. So, <laughs> but yeah, like I tend to, I tend to tuck away a lot of emotions and only certain, only select few family members and friends and people around me really get to see that. And I'm okay with that. But like, even they didn't get the fullest of me. You know what I mean? So I want to give more of me, like all of me, like all of me, you know, mentally, spiritually, and physically to the people that I love. And I'm gonna and the only way I could do that is by being aware of the things that I'm not doing. You know what I mean? They're not gonna tell me all the time, but some people will, some people won't. And but I gotta be mindful and be aware of those things. <clears throat> um and 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 I think that's how you'll get better. So <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You say the money makes the man, I say the heart makes the man. You say the money makes the man, I say the heart makes the man. I say your heart makes you a good parent. Your heart makes you a good lover. Your heart makes you a good friend. Your heart makes you a good brother, sister, mother, neighbor, stranger. Don't let this world turn your shining heart dark because your heart makes you, you. Let's get it. I don't got a question of the day for the, for this episode, man. That's one. I'm going to reread that one more time. I say... You say the money makes the man, I say the heart makes the man. I say your heart makes you a good parent, your heart makes you a good lover, your heart makes you a good friend, your heart makes you a good brother, sister, mother, stranger, neighbor. Don't let this world turn your shining heart dark because your heart makes you, you. Let's get it.